This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. Uh, Blair, I've been away and I I talked with all kinds of uh, interesting people, uh, a a number of Americans in that group. And, you know, they asked, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I get to work on this show with Blair Manton and it's a company and and they're licensed insolvency trustee. And she looked at me like, oh, my gosh, what's that? And explained it a little (laughs) bit. And she said, we don't have anything like that in the United States. Now, I'm pretty sure, sh- I, I don't know that one way or the other, but I did think how lucky we are in this country to have federally regulated licensed insolvency trustees who manage things that are so personal and so important and, and life-changing for folks when they get into a debt situation, whether it be a con- consumer proposal or bankruptcy. And I just wanted to share that with you. I find that so interesting, Elaine, and it's definitely on point in that so many folks that I come in that come in to meet with me, you know, a lot of the news that we get is from the U.S. or watching U.S. shows and commercials, maybe not even realizing it. And sometimes people have already self-diagnosed and said, "Okay, I know there's nothing that can be done about tax debt or nothing can be done about student loan debt, because that actually is the case in the USA. You can't get rid of those debts if you're trying to do a proposal or restructuring of your debts. Well, in Canada, it's completely the opposite answer. Student loans and income taxes, they're treated just like every other consumer debt that we have here. Um, So it's such a powerful thing that people can have access to this consumer proposal, which I think the insolvency laws in Canada are amongst the best in the world, in my opinion. So it's great that we have these options. Wonderful. And this segment's all about the consumer proposal. And I know that you've had a huge influx of folks who have, over the past number of years, using the consumer proposal process to get out of debt. But but still, it's something that not everybody knows about, it, especially those who, who might benefit from them. So this segment's all about how a consumer, well, first of all, what a consumer proposal is and how it works to consolidate and cut your debt. So let's get right to it, Blair. And I think this is going to be a good segment for, especially for folks who haven't heard about it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a consumer proposal is the strongest thing you can do to restructure your debt short of filing for bankruptcy. So it's not filing a bankruptcy. It's a completely different legal remedy. What it allows you to do is to restructure your debt and settle the debts completely with repaying often as little as 20 to 50% of the total balance. So a consumer proposal consolidates all of your debt together. It brings the interest charges down to zero. And then you have to decide, working with your trustee, what can you reasonably afford to pay back? And often it's a significant discount on the full amount of the debt owing. So what happens is you sit down with a licensed insolvency trustee and every trustee certainly at Sands and Associates offers a free confidential consultation to review all of the options and see whether a proposal can work for you. Uh, If you decide you wanted to go forward with a proposal, you'd work out with your trustee, well, how is the budget looking? What can you reasonably afford to repay on a monthly basis, taking into account your income, your other 
other obligations, your household, who needs to be supported, everything like that. A proposal can't be filed unless the trustee signs off saying that it's going to solve the problem and not putting you into hardship. Uh, what happens once the proposal is filed is your creditors start to deal directly with the trustee. So they're no longer able to contact you directly. They can't sue you. They can't take you to court. They can't even call you to ask for any payments. The trustee steps into your shoes, so to speak, um, and acts like a referee in between you and your creditors. Um, to be eligible to do a consumer proposal, um, the eligibility is very broad. You have to owe more than $1,000 and less than $250,000. And this excludes a mortgage on your principal residence. So it's a very wide band of debt that usually captures just about any consumer situation. And you can make a joint consumer proposal if you're a married couple cohabitating uh, or even just have incurred some joint together as friends or acquaintances. You can do a consumer proposal together. And in that case, the debt limit is up to $500,000. Uh, because a consumer proposal is not a borrowing solution, so you're not going to be borrowing any money, you're not going to be paying any interest, you don't have to qualify by having a superior credit rating or getting a co-signer to agree to take responsibility for a debt that they're not responsible for. You just have to be legitimately unable to pay the debts in full, and you have to reach out to a trustee to get, to get a hand with it. Uh, what's great about a proposal is it cuts the debt down to what you can afford, and because the debts are frozen, that target start, stops moving away from you every month. So it's zero interest, and it's a reduced amount uh, compared to paying it off in full. Uh, in terms of an example, a recent consumer proposal that we filed for a client, um, they had debts that were about $25,000, and we looked at their monthly payments. We said, okay, if you're going to pay this thing off within five years doing what you're doing, you'd have to pay about $635 a month over a five-year term. We were able to file a consumer proposal that would have them out of debt in three years instead of five and payments at $210 per month. So we said you can probably afford to offer back $7,500 on the $25,000 of debt, so about a 30% repayment, and the creditors accepted that proposal like they accept just about every consumer proposal. So a very successful outcome. In this case, the person was able to write off 70% of the debt, stop all the future interest, and just have a three-year payment plan of $210 per month. So if you're, you as a listener are going, holy Toledo, I'm in a similar situation. Uh, we're going to be talking about a number of different, uh, situations that different folks have had. Uh, but you can start right now by taking some action. 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number to book an appointment and their offices all over British Columbia and the website, sands-trustee.com, and you can make your appointment through the website. And of course, you don't actually have to be in, go into an office. The, I know that Blair and his whole team across the province are happy to sit down with you on, on whatever kind of platform that you, uh, you want to use in order to start that discussion. Um, so let's get back to more examples, Blair, because I mm -hmm. think that really resonates with folks when they go, oh man, you, you, that sounds like my situation. Exactly. That, that's the goal here. And you know, I've got four examples to, to talk through here. So the first one, as a client's about 43 years old, he had some periods of unemployment and he had about $9,000 of consumer debt. But what was important is there was a lot of payday loans in there. And that $9,000, you know, he was treading water. It was going to continue to grow, especially with the high payday loan costs. Uh, so we're able to help him with a consumer proposal. He offered to repay $4,800 uh, on the $9,000, so just over half. Uh, and he 
filed a consumer proposal for $200 a month for just a 24-month term. So it's not the case every proposal has to last for five years. Sometimes proposals can be shorter if it's a smaller amount of debt and we're still able to offer that reasonable repayment on the debt. Um, second example we've worked with recently, a client was a 70-year-old widow and she had debts that were brought on to bridge the gap and increase living costs after the passing of her spouse. Um, she had about $17,000 in consumer debt uh, and she was able to reduce that by about 60% uh, down to about $6,300. What was most important to her was making sure it was a reasonable monthly payment that she could afford to pay given that now the household income was lower than it was before. So her proposal was $150 a month over a term of 42 months, which again gave her about $6,300 to pay rather than $17,000 plus interest plus charges. And we haven't said it yet, but Elaine, all of the costs of administration are included in every example I'm giving you today. This is all that anybody ever pays. The trustee is set by a government tariff uh, and the fees of a trustee are deducted before creditors get their payment. So there's never anything extra. There's no catch that you're suddenly going to get a bill here. Uh, a couple more quick examples here. Uh, one client had $84,000 of debt, uh, mainly due to some periods of unemployment and supporting some extended families, some here and some in, in another country. Uh, they had credit card minimums of over $1,400 per month and also owed CRA a bunch of money for income taxes. So they were very stretched and struggling. Uh, they were able to offer a consumer proposal that reduced the debt by nearly 70%. So it took them from about $84,000 down to $28,200 and their monthly payment obligation was $470 a month over a 60-month term. So from $1,400 and not even including taxes down to $470 and it dealt with their tax problem as well. Um, again, just a life-changing type of impact of filing that consumer proposal. Um, the last proposal example is just wanted to highlight and that not always is a consumer proposal a monthly payment. Sometimes it's the case that friends or family members want to help somebody with a debt problem. The best way to do that is to help them with a lump sum consumer proposal. So the client we were working with, um, they had debts of over $140,000 and had just been through some of the most difficult periods you can imagine as, as a human being. They had costs with their spouse's cancer treatments, uh, challenges of being a single parent after the spouse unfortunately passed away and then had their own medical conditions and difficulties obtaining employment. What they were able to do was to have $140,000 of debt reduced down to a lump sum payment of $36,000. So it was reducing the debt by almost 75% and it was the case that their family members really wanted to help and we said well the best way you can help is let's reduce the debt in a proposal um, and then be able to offer a significantly lower lump sum than if the family members were just going to help trying to pay the debt off full or help them with minimum payments. This was the best option by far from the person and they were able to move forward, put all that debt behind them at just about 25 cents on the dollar. Blair, are there any restrictions on what types of debts can be con uh, included in a consumer repo uh, proposal? Very few restrictions. So almost every debt you can think of is fair game in a proposal. So any consumer and business debt, um, any income tax debt, a SERB overpayment, even if you're a guarantor of a business debt, you know, all of that can be included. The things that can't be included are pretty common sense. So things like child support or spousal support, generally people don't want to re reduce those amounts anyway because it's taking care of your dependents. Uh, if you've been to court and there's a fine imposed against you, uh, if you have a government student loan, you've been a very recent 
recent student, meaning less than five to seven years, um, that type of a debt would survive a proposal. But even a student loan, after you've been out of school, certainly for seven years, it becomes just like every other debt. So it's a very short list of things that can't be included in a proposal. It's a much longer list, which is essentially just about any consumer debt, any of the debts that are causing you a problem can generally be included and, and reduced inside a consumer proposal. Now, we just got about just over a minute left in in this segment. Do you want to talk a little bit about the what the process is like for, for folks working with an LIT, a licensed insolvency trustee, working on a mm-hmm. proposal? Because I know that you have a very good sense of that. Yeah, well, the, the biggest thing to take away is that you can work directly with a licensed insolvency trustee. You don't need an advisor. You don't need a referral. You don't need to pay any fees. There's a whole industry of debt advisors, debt consultants that will say, you know, we'll represent you before you go to a trustee. All of that is unnecessary, unregulated. In my view, it's financial abuse of vulnerable consumers. So the idea is you come directly to a trustee. You have that free confidential consultation where certainly at Sands and Associates, you'll feel empathy uh, in place where you might have anticipated judgment. Coming out of that first meeting, you'll have a sense of what the proposal might look like, and then you'll start to make your decisions. And if you choose to go forward, you'll meet with us as many times as you need to be comfortable. The only time you'll ever pay is when you sign the proposal, and the only thing you'll ever pay is whatever that monthly payment is that you're offering. Everything else is at no cost and no obligation to you. This is all about debt questions. Uh, Sands and Associates and Blair, we're so lucky to have them, is going to give us all kinds of answers to really commonly asked questions about personal debt, as well as the solutions that are available. Uh, Blair says lots of people feel overwhelmed. We've talked about that before in other segments, uh, especially when it's something you don't know more about, whether it be questions about credit, debt, especially debt help. You don't know what your rights are, what the creditors can and can't do, what bad debt's going to stop you from being able to do, blah. There's so many questions here. So Blair, what are the most common questions you hear about uh, for folks dealing with a specific debt these days? Well, there's definitely some really recurring themes. And certainly right now in this post-COVID high inflation environment, tons of people have questions about credit card debt, um, payday loans, and CERB overpayments. So let's talk about a couple of those. Uh, and in this segment, sometimes we'll go into a lot of detail, sometimes be a little bit quick. Uh, we're going to try to get through a number of questions here that are consistently asked. Um, so number one question I get is, what's the best way to settle credit card debts? Um, and certainly when it comes to streamlining your debts into one consolidation, uh, you know, one payment that you make each month that's going to get you out of debt, the best way to go forward is to investigate a consumer proposal. Uh, It's an alternative to you borrowing more money. And what happens in a consumer proposal is you pay zero interest and you only pay back the portion of the debt that you can afford. So typically a consumer proposal creates a whole lot more room in your overall budget. um, And it gives you a plan that lets you know exactly when you're going to be debt free, because it's too, uh, too easy to get trapped into that minimum payment cycle of, you know, you make a minimum payment, you charge some more on the card, and then suddenly two, three, five, even 10 years later, you're still dealing with that same debt. You probably paid it back a few times over, but the interest charges and the low minimum payments just keep you in debt. So a consumer proposal is one of the best options to settle your credit card debt. And that's something everybody should investigate. If you're carrying a balance on your credit card, at least quote out to speak with a trustee about what a proposal might look like. 
Uh, second big question that we're getting these days, is there anything I can do about my CERB overpayment or other CRA government debt? So if you remember back to that CERB, uh, Canada Emergency Response Benefit, you know, $2,000 every four weeks, you just had to click a couple boxes online. And it turns out a lot of folks um, through some inadvertence, they thought they were eligible, they actually weren't eligible. And now CRA is asking for that money back. Um, so similar to the, the first answer, what you can do if you're not able to pay CRA back in full for any CERB overpayments, you can offer them a consumer proposal. You can say, well, CRA, I can afford to pay back 25, 30 cents in the dollar, something along those lines. I can't afford to pay it back in full. And if I were to file for bankruptcy, everyone would be worse off. You wouldn't get much back. So typically CRA will accept a consumer proposal for a CERB overpayment, as long as it's done through a licensed insolvency trustee and provides a reasonable return um, on, on the amount of debt that's owing. All right. What um, what about uh, the different kind of kinds of debt help services? What are some of the questions that you find yourself answering from folks about those? I think that the number one question often is, you know, how can I access the government debt relief program? You know, I've seen some ads on Facebook, or I've been Googling around and I saw there's this new government program that can help me get out of debt. And, um, you know, I need to know about that. Well, to be very straight and frank with everybody, government debt relief programs or grants do not exist. What you're seeing online is a ton of scams, a ton of um, various unlicensed, unregulated advisors, you know, really trying to mislead consumers so that they can charge some, some fees. So the only government-sanctioned uh, restructuring plan is either a consumer proposal or a personal bankruptcy. We talk about these options at length on, on the show here, and to access either of those remedies, you don't need a credit counselor, you don't need an extra third-party service, you don't need a referral. All of these things can be accessed at no cost. And what you find is that the folks that are advertising a government debt relief program, what they're often advertising is a consumer proposal, but they're gonna use so many smoke and mirrors to try to make it seem like you can't do this on your own, you need an advisor, you can't go direct to the trustee. That's absurd. Where, of course, anyone that listens to this show knows you could phone up Sands and Associates at any time and probably have a meeting the same day or the next day at no charge, no obligation, no middleman required. So you definitely need to be careful if you're looking for, hey, this government funded option, it doesn't exist. When you file a proposal or a bankruptcy, the government's not paying any of the cost of those programs. There's no government subsidies here. It's just the government has created this legislation and trustees are here to help you access it. But just be careful that you're not looking for a solution out there that doesn't exist, but is often highlighted by very unscrupulous off, um, operators who are taking advantage of people at their lowest point often. And to get a hold of Sands & Associates, their phone number is 1-800-661-3030. Their website, which is just chock-a-block full of great questions and answers, is sands-trustee.com. You can also make an appointment to sit down or talk with somebody on the phone about your situation. If you think it's unique and that nobody's going to be able to help you or I've got to do this route and not that route, this is a great opportunity as well. So the phone number, one 1-800-661-3030, the website sands-trustee.com. Um, do lots of folks come to you asking about, well, what option do I have that's not maybe going to impact my credit score? Because folks pay a lot of attention to credit scores too. 
Yeah, that, that's a big question that people have. I think there's almost no clients I've ever dealt with who at some point we don't discuss. And obviously, we come at it head on. You no, know, here's the impact to your credit score. And a lot of folks say, well, you know, do I really want to do this if it's going to impact my credit? And, and quite often, the answer is a resounding yes. You know, you being debt free is so much more important than you trying to maintain a perfect credit, credit score at all stages of your life. Um, so to give the straight answer, is there an option that allows you to reduce your debt while not impacting your credit score at all? No, that option does not exist. And anybody that says that it does is just either misinformed or is actively misleading. Um, anytime that you don't pay your debts in full, according to the original borrowing agreement, your credit score will take a hit. Now, even if you pay back 100% of the debt that's owing, you work with a credit counselor, you pay back all of the principal, but you need to get a break on the interest, your credit score takes a hit. And it's actually quite similar to the hit your credit score would take if you filed a consumer proposal and actually reduce the debt by 70 or even 80%, your credit score is going to look pretty similar than if you had filed with a credit counselor to pay back in full. What people need to take in mind here is that a credit score is something that will change over the term of your life. And quite often, it's the right decision to have some short-term pain for a long-term benefit. So a lot of folks, when we sit down with them, we talk to them about their financial goals. Well, they eventually want to qualify for a mortgage at some point. And we can say to them, well, you're never going to qualify for a mortgage, regardless of your credit score, if you've got a whole lot of balances on your credit cards and you haven't saved a down payment, it's going to be impossible for you to get approved. So quite often when we think, so for you to pay this debt down on your own, well, that's going to take, you know, 10, 15 years, it's going to take all the money that you have, you're not going to be able to save. Let's take that as scenario A. Well, scenario B is you do a consumer proposal, you pay off a reduced amount of the debt over up to five years, maybe even less, and the payment is actually so low that you're able to save at the same time, you can save that down payment. And when you finish that proposal, if it was a five year proposal, a year after it's done, it's off your credit report, like it never happened. So if you've done things right, you've saved some money, you've rebuilt your credit, you could be achieving those financial goals so much more quickly by having filed a consumer proposal, having a short term setback on the credit, but getting back to zero debt and actually having some savings and some room in your budget. So in almost every case, the right decisions to focus on becoming debt free, knowing that people can literally resurrect their credit score even after a bankruptcy in as little as two to three years, you can go from having very poor credit to stellar credit that would never be a barrier if you take the right steps. Can we go back to the consumer proposal for a second? How does somebody qualify to do a consumer proposal with you? Yeah, very straightforward. So to do a consumer proposal, you have to be a person um, and not a business. So, you know, if you have a sole proprietorship, that's okay. You're still a person, but an incorporated business can't file a consumer proposal. There are other options, but you essentially have to be a, an individual uh, or a sole proprietorship. Uh, you have to owe some money. It has to be more than $1,000 and less than $250,000. And that excludes the mortgage on your principal residence. So usually that up to $250,000 is broad enough to capture very a large amount of situations for individuals, uh, you have to be insolvent. And what that means is that you're legitimately not able to pay the debt back in full. So it might be that the value of your assets are far lower than the value of your debts. And if you sold everything, it still wouldn't be enough. Or it might be, well, you know, you've got some assets, but they're mortgaged or, you know, you don't really want to sell the family home. You don't know where you're going to go from there. So short of having to sell that asset, you can't pay back the debts. So you're insolvent because you're just not able to make payments except that significant hardship. 
Uh, you have to already not be in a consumer proposal because you can only have one proposal going at a time. Uh, and the final thing is you have to work directly with a licensed insolvency trustee. So only a trustee can help you access the proposal. And we try to make it as straightforward as possible at Sands and Associates. So it just starts with that free consultation. And then we help you guide you down the road from that point if you want to move forward. How much do people often end up paying in a consumer proposal, Blair? You know, every situation is a little bit different, but reductions of, you know, 50 to 80% are quite common. So, if, for example, if someone had $15,000 of debt, they might be able to reduce it by 70% down to $4,500, and they'd pay that at $125 a month over a 36-month period. So, this is what sounds too good to be true. You're telling me $15,000 of debt can be $125 a month over three years? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you is when you file a consumer proposal, you're able to achieve results that are very similar to that in many, many cases. Okay. And what's, uh, do people ask about, well, how does this impact my partner or my mm -hmm. spouse? Because I would think that time. would be a worry. Of course. And yeah, sometimes spouses will come in together. Sometimes, you know, one spouse hasn't told the other about their debt problem, which yeah. that's an ex extra level of stress too. So we encourage people to be financially open. But the thing to keep in mind is that whatever your debts are, don't suddenly become joint just because you become married or cohabitated. So if your debts are only in your name, you could file a consumer proposal and have literally zero impact on your spouse. It would not impact their credit, their debts, their assets, anything like that. Uh, if you do have some joint debts, things that you've borrowed together, well, then you might want to consider a joint consumer proposal, deal with things at once. But it is the case that people are two legally separate individuals, even once they're married from a debt point of view. So if the debts are only in one spouse's name, there's zero impact to the other spouse, no matter what. If they, they restructure the debts, they don't, they go paid or unpaid. It's just that single spouse's issue. Excellent. Now, do you want to talk about it or shall I? How do people connect with a licensed insolvency trustee? Oh, I'm happy to say that. So people Yay. can find us. Yeah, I get to do the outro. Uh, so people can find <laughs> us online at sands-trustee.com. You can request a free consultation right online. And typically, we're able to book people same day or next day. Uh, most folks are coming to, to see us or speaking with us over the phone or over video these days. Um, you can also give us a call at 1-800-661-3030. And that's going to connect you to our main switchboard. And they'll be able to help you answer some questions and get that consultation just about every Everybody sleeps so much better once they've had that first chat with us. We're here to help, not here to judge. We've been doing it for 34 years in BC. This is one of my favorite segments. I know we're going to do two of them, Blair, but I love this study that Sands & Associates does, uh, talking to all of your people, or at least a, a big percentage of your people, uh, to find out your clients, to find out what got them in this situation, how they, uh, you know, their debt situation, and how they got out of it, and their whole experience. I just think it's such valuable information for everyone. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to be talking about this as well, Elaine. It's the 11th consecutive year that we've done these studies. So, you know, ever since 2012 when we started. And it's so fascinating to see the trends over time, some positive, some quite concerning. Um, but you're right, it's a very unique study um, insofar as it's over 1,700 individuals, all BC residents. And these are all people that have taken steps to restructure their debt. So it's folks that have been through either a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. 
council and the number 1700 people that's actually a big proportion of the number of people every year in the province of bc that take formal steps to restructure their debt that's almost 15 percent uh, of the yearly total so with sands and associates being bc's largest firm of licensed insolvency trustees we've just got that much larger of a client base to draw from um, and it's remarkable how deep the insights people are willing to share, willing to give advice to others, talk about the warning signs of their debt, talk about the personal impact upon them. Uh, and it's just such a unique study. I know we're going to talk about where people can find it at the end, but just to let people know right away, if you go to our website at sands-trustee.com forward slash debt study, you'll find this year's study along with the 10 preceding studies as well. And it's just really, really insightful information. Excellent. So we're, uh, Blair's going to share some key findings from the most recent study. Uh, so let's, so do you want to introduce it a little bit more? I mean, you've talked a lot about it already as, as a series, uh, and mm -hmm. a little bit about the people who participated. Uh, do you want to dial it down just a little bit more and, and let us know who was there? Uh, well, let's talk about trends, I think. Yeah, I think I think folks sure. know, yeah, it's our client, it's folks who've restructured their debt, but the trends are what's interesting too, because if you're somebody listening, you're British Columbian, you're struggling to manage your cost of living, uh, pay off your credit cards, you might be increasingly turning to credit to meet your expenses, uh, the study says you're far from alone. Uh, what we found in this most recent study is that high interest, easy to access credit continues to be the most common type of debt that gets people into trouble. Um, and to the extent that three in five people, nearly 60% of the people that we surveyed in, in this study, they said that credit card debt was the main type of debt that they had that caused them problems. And that was five times higher than the next highest debt type. So it's, it certainly is a case that credit card debt is the easiest type of debt to incur. And it's quite easy for it to get away from you with the high interest charges that can accumulate. Now, the second um, highest type of debt is, is quite concerning. It's payday or installment loans. And that's at roughly 12% of people saying that was their primary issue. That's the highest that's ever been. Um, so in the past, you know, it was about 5%, 7% payday loans. For it to get to 12%, um, it says, again, the people are relying on very high cost, um, low barrier often. You don't need to do much to get a payday loan other than show you're employed. Uh, but it is something that can cause a, a significant uh, amount of problems. And then the third type of debt that got people into trouble just behind payday loans was tax debt. So whether it's personal income tax, GST, maybe some uh, COVID benefits repayment, um, that was the third type of debt that people cited as really getting them into trouble. Uh, in terms of the amount of debt that people had before they started to reach out for help, most common was about twenty-five dollars to $50,000 of debt. About 36% of people said that that was when they reached out for help. Um, and what was also interesting is about 30% of people actually had very good credit. Their credit rating was from good to excellent at the time they filed either a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy. So it really does show you that credit ratings alone aren't an accurate measure of your financial health. You might have a great credit rating, but you still might need to restructure your debt in the very near term. So it's not always you can take comfort by saying, I might have a lot of debt, but I'm making all the minimum payments. My credit score is, you know, 700, 800. So I don't have a problem. Um, the survey result would say, well, no, a lot of folks in that situation realize they're not getting ahead. They do need to take some action. So just having a good credit rating uh, is not a sole indicator that you're in financially good shape.
See, I think that's really an important point for folks to to sort of embrace a little bit. Um, a, a question that we not specifically that we've we've sort of included in this segment, but was there anything of those trends that surprised you? Uh, boy, I've never seen that mm-hmm. before. Or is it just a, a you know, so uh, more people are suffering from similar things from study to study? You know, the most significant finding, and I thought this was hugely positive, is just the number of people that are no longer filing for bankruptcy and they're choosing to file a consumer proposal, which we talk about so much on this show. And certainly if a listener isn't aware of a consumer proposal, listen to a couple more segments and I'm sure we'll be talking about it. But when we first did the survey back in 2012, it was about 20% of respondents had filed a consumer proposal, which means about 80% of people had filed a bankruptcy. Well, in 2023, those numbers have flipped completely completely to 81% of people are filing consumer proposals, and less than 20% of people are filing bankruptcies. So in a space of a 10, 11 year period, um, that's such a dramatic swing. And it's such a positive swing because in almost every case, people are better off when they file a consumer proposal. They feel better because they've avoided a bankruptcy. Their creditors actually get money back rather than having to write the whole debt off. And it seems to speak to people coming and getting help sooner while it's still possible. For them, for them to make a proposal rather than just ignoring things for years on end. And then sometimes bankruptcy is the only option left at that point. And Blair, the show's working. If more and more people are, are looking <laughs> to consumer proposals, you're doing the, you're doing the job, right? You're doing the That's right job. That's our goal here. Just get the information um, out. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I just, and with that, I just want to add, if the, any of this information's already resonating with you, you want to take some action, I'm going to throw the phone number in here. It's 1-800-661-3030. And that's for Sands and Associates offices that are literally all over British Columbia. So, um, can we talk about some of the common causes for debt, mm-hmm. uh, for folks that, who were participating in the study? Anything surprising there? Well, I think it's really interesting and that a lot of people, and I'll count myself among these types of folks before I became an insolvency trustee, is a lot of people just assume that the person that goes bankrupt, I have nothing in common with them because they probably just made a bunch of really silly decisions that everyone knew at the time they were making the wrong calls. But as we look at it, five of the top six common causes of debt that were identified are generally matters outside of an individual's control. And one of the most significant findings this year was the number two cause of insolvency. So just behind people saying, you know, it was just mismanagement, I got too much credit. The second cause behind that was people said, you know, the cost of living has escalated beyond my ability to keep up with it. Everything costs more. I can't just tell the family to eat less and my wages aren't keeping up anymore. So I've had to use credit to fill that that gap. Um, So that was about one in four consumers said that it was the cost of living that's really contributed to them needing help. The other major causes are things that would just commonsensically make sense that, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to withstand some of these blows. And there are things like an illness, injury, or a health-related problem, a marital or relationship breakdown, a job-related issue, so perhaps an interruption in income, a loss of a job, and then re-established employment at a lower wage. We see that a lot. Uh, And then the last cause was a pandemic related job loss or reduction. So other than the top cause, which is about 27% of people saying, you know, I just made some mistakes with my credit, all of the other circumstances, the vast majority of cases, you know, these are things that people couldn't really have done much different. They couldn't have planned for inflation like we've seen. You don't generally plan to know that you're going to be ill or have a marriage breakup or lose your job. So oftentimes people get into debt um, just because of the life events that occur and they need some help to respond to what's been thrown at them. 
Scotland. Now, we've just got about a minute or so left in this segment. Um, do you want to talk about some of the solutions that folks tried before coming to work with a licensed insolvency trustee or SANS and Associates? Yeah, I think it's useful to, to highlight that. And I know we're going to continue on to another segment to go into a little bit more detail here. But what we found is that a lot of folks, you know, they're in this situation from borrowing money. The first thing they try to do is to borrow their way out of the situation. So most people, before they reach out for help, they try to apply to extend their credit limits. They borrow from friends or family. They might try to apply for consolidation financing. And sometimes they really escalate their borrowing by using payday or installment loans. So in general, people try a lot of things that just put them further into debt, where what they really need to do is just click pause for a second and get some advice. Reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee, have that free consultation and figure out what the great options are available to them to let them turn things around. And again, for 80% of people, it's not a bankruptcy. Now we're talking about the 2023 BC Consumer Debt Study that Sands & Associates does. And uh, this one this year is fascinating. We're, in the last segment, we learned some things. And this one, uh, also very interesting because it's about the common experience. What all these 1,700 folks have in common with each other and in large groups of, of people who are experiencing the same thing. So Blair, what are some of the key findings from the study when it comes to how people's debts were impacting them? And it's a big one, I'm sure. I think this is so significant, Elaine, because a lot of folks can really feel like they're alone and they're suffering in silence. They're the only person that's experiencing significant impact from being in debt. Um, you know, having been a trustee for 15 years, I can tell you that there's almost nobody that I've met with who is not personally impacted and often very significantly impacted by having debt that they can't pay back. I don't know anyone I can recall that came into my office just so nonchalant, not worried about anything, owing tens of thousands of dollars. Debt really is a problem. Problem that I'm convinced it's one of the largest undiagnosed and untreated public health issues that we have these days is people are struggling in debt and not getting help. And what people told us about how debt impacted them, four in five people, about 83%, said when they were in debt, they thought about it constantly. It wasn't a few minutes a day. It was every minute of every day it was on their mind. Uh, four in five people said their mental health suffered by being in debt. Uh, over 60% of people said their self-esteem suffered because of being in debt, because sometimes you can feel like a failure. You know, I'm not honoring my obligations, even the way we talk about things, it makes us sound like we're a bad person by not being able to pay back money that we that we incurred. Uh, about half of people said their physical health suffered. And that's such a gift for me as a trustee to see how their people's physical and mental health can improve once they take action against their debt. It's literally some people are inches taller when I see them on the second or third meeting compared to the first meeting when they walk in, you know, really hang in their head in shame. Um, even folks were saying, you know, they were putting their life events on hold. Up to 29% of people said they're delaying starting a family, uh, maybe purchasing a home, going back to school because they're just worried uh, about servicing the debt they've incurred. Um, and then in terms of what people actually felt, the symptoms of their debt, over three quarters of people experienced anxiety from the stress of debt. Two thirds said they felt hopeless. Um, two thirds close to it said they felt depressed. And what's a sobering metric for us, and this is something that unfortunately hasn't moved much in the 11 years of us doing the survey, is one in six people said they experienced suicidal ideation uh, because of their debts. They were contemplating suicide as a solution. Um, and again, if 
if anybody is listening to this, just take something away. There is no debt solution that can't be fixed, no debt situation so severe that ever has to be a consideration. But consi consistently, it's about one in six people. And, you know, that's a few hundred people just in this survey response that said they were actively uh, contemplating suicide because they just felt so down about their debts. I want to jump in with the phone number, Blair, uh, for anyone who's wanting to take action, who they resonate with some of this information, or maybe all of it, too. Uh, 1-800-661-3030 is the phone number. It's an 800 number. You can call, set up your first meeting, sit down, and just begin to talk to someone who can give you a hand to figure it out and, and figure out your next best steps. Uh, the website, as well, is terrific, and that is sans dash trustee.com. Do you want to mention some of the other warning signs for folks that their debts were a problem, Blair? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the most common warning sign that people identified is, is what we've mentioned a little bit. It was the overwhelming stress. So that was more than 70% of people said, you know, I knew my debts were a problem because I could feel it. You know, it wasn't that I was necessarily being sued or taken to court, but for seven out of 10 people, it was just that overwhelming stress. Uh, the other top warning signs for 60% of people, they said they could only make minimum payments on their debts. And they figured out, well, a minimum payment, as we often talk on this show, is not designed to get you out of debt. Uh, minimum payment is designed to keep you in debt for decades often and cause you to pay as much interest as, as humanly possible. Um, other warning signs where folks were seeing that their debt balances weren't going down even though they were making payments. So probably they were having to charge more on the cards than they were actively able to pay off each month. And they were accumulating more debt on their credit reports, or sorry, on their on their credit balances each month. Um, sometimes the, the warnings are not obvious and sometimes they're warnings that you know hit you right in the face. So the more traditional warnings that people would say, okay, okay, for sure, if this was happening, you know you've got a debt problem, are things like getting collection calls, texts, letters, or court notices, uh, bouncing or missing payments, being turned down for a bank consolidation loan. So a lot of people, the first thing they try to do is, hey, let's just go to the bank, let's put all the debt together and get a lower interest rate. But for most people who don't have free and clear assets to pledge or a cosigner, which is very risky, they find it pretty difficult to get approved for that financing. And then finally, and this was only 5% of people said, you know, my wages were being seized. And that's how I knew I had a problem. But quite often, it just really starts with that feeling that stress, that thinking that if you think you have a debt problem, you're probably right. And it's time to reach out for help when you're feeling that stress, even if you haven't been sued or getting collection calls or having your wages taken. That's enough of a reason the stress to get you to, to connect with a professional. And um, there's a question here about uh, advice that you can give someone to a listener who may be wondering if their own debt, so debt situation warrants getting professional help. And I, and I kind of feel that you've really answered this in so many ways. And it's it's the subtle things or, like you said, really in your face kinds of things. Yeah, that that's exactly it. So it's it's really letting people know just go go with your gut, right? If you're thinking about your debt 24/7, you're going to feel a whole lot better at least just having an information meeting with a trustee, having that consultation. Not a foregone conclusion you need to do something formal, but at least you're going to know what all your rights, your remedies, your responsibilities are in the situation. Yeah. Now let's, can we talk a little bit more about uh, what most people do to move on from a debt problem? And, and of course, that feeling that comes with feeling more positive about things. 
Yeah, and that's what's such a gift in the study that we do every year is we ask people, well, you know, well, how are you doing now? So now that you've completed either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, and over 90% of people said that they were either very satisfied or extremely satisfied uh, with their decision to restructure their debt. So it's a difficult road that people come along to, you know, to understand what are the options, take that step of making a legal um, debt restructuring, whether it's a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy. But more than four in five people, close to 90% now, have said that filing a proposal or a bankruptcy helped them to manage their day-to-day -day finances despite the noticeable rising costs. So a lot of folks that I speak to, they say, well, I don't know what I'd be doing now if I wasn't in this proposal, had consolidated the debt and reduced it down because, you know, my budget is tight given the cost of living and rent these days. So it really can be that uh, dealing with your debt puts you in a much better situation to handle, you know, the, the necessities of day-to-day -day life. And then what's awesome in, in the study too is, you know, we get asked some very open-ended questions, you know, what would you have done differently um, if you, knowing what you know now, and then what advice would you give to others if someone is facing a situation? And if anybody wants to read the study in detail, if you go to our website at sands-trustee.com forward slash debt study, it's just remarkable, the very personal um, types of advice, of insights, you know, the common theme that I would take away, uh, the biggest challenge that people come to is just they wait too long. They fl flounder about sometimes for up to two years when they just don't know what to do. So consistently, uh, the advice to others is to reach out for help, to have that first meeting, to not be afraid, to know that a professional is here to help you, not to judge you, um, and to just stop that suffering cycle that can just go on far too long. And I think, too, you know, it's important to add that there isn't just one option. There's a number of options. Mm -hmm. There's the very specific bankruptcy or consumer proposal, but there's a lot of other things that you may not have thought about on how to do or how to do better if you're afraid that this kind of thing might get bigger as opposed to smaller. So this is another wonderful opportunity to talk to somebody from Sands & Associates. It's about, it's about getting supportive, as you mentioned, non-judgmental help on your debt. You can book that free conf confidential uh, consultation. And this is the phone number again, 1-800-661-3030. It's toll free, of course, or visit the website sands-trustee.com. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.